The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spin-off series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you from a couple of different places on the internet. We're coming to you live from Crowdcast, also live from YouTube. Maybe you listen to the podcast later, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. It's all good, bro. We love it. Check it out. Just download those old casts, is like I always say, right, guys? Wow. Right. Alex, you have big, cool guy at the record shop vibes right now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, have you guys checked out The Beatles? I was watching a documentary wow. about them on Disney Plus between showings of Avengers Infinity War, and uh, um, I didn't Shows. like it. I didn't like it. It seemed like a ripoff of That Thing You Do. Oh, boy. Wow. That's a take I haven't take heard, breath. and what a hot one. <laughs> Uh, well, folks, we have a great show for you tonight. First of all, yes. before we welcome our guest in here in a moment, we should take a little bit to uh, wish you all a happy Hanukkah. Yeah, uh, happy it is Hanukkah. the third night of Hanukkah. Pete, Justin, I, I know you don't celebrate, but you're welcome anyway. That's one of the things about the Jewish religion. Everybody is welcome to the holidays. Welcome to ask right. questions. I'll head right over. Yeah. Yeah. Where do we go? Anytime. I have a bunch of leftover latkes from my party the other day. They're very good. Highly recommend they them. Did, they did look good. I saw you They're posted. Uh, but this ties into today's cocktail. Brett Macris, our resident CBC chef, has been yeah. curating cocktails for us for a good long while now, several months. It's been very awesome. Uh, but he suggested doing a Hanukkah cocktail this time and sent through a list. Admittedly, he said, I don't know anything about this. So, Alex... You're a Jew. He said it in a very weird pointed way, oh, too. Man. I don't think he said it like that. Made me very uncomfortable. What are you doing, man? He's got a family. Yeah, I don't know. It was very there was there was undertones there. That's all I'm saying. But he said, "Could you take a look through this list?" And so here's the thing. First of all, Judaism not a very big cocktail culture, at, if at all. No. Like. Oh, no. I've been to so many synagogue <laughs> bars. Yeah, yeah. Now, Manischewitz, which is the world's sweetest wine for children, that's a cocktail, right? Baby wine, they call it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Baby wine. Uh, so looking through that list, I was like, these are fall drinks that you're lying about or they're blue. That's yeah. basically the thing going on here. Well, uh, it is amazing. Catholics are like, hey, we drink wine every weekend because we call it blood. And uh, <laughs> Judaism's like, hey, slow down on the alcohol. We're fine arguing with each other. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Not drunk. Uh, but one of the things out there was a olive oil gin sour, which uh, wow. Brett made. Uh, and I made today. I'll tell you what, it's very weird. Uh, yeah. I've, it felt like the thing that was most appropriate because oil is something that is very much part of the holiday. Yes. Um, uh -huh. It's uh, it kind of tastes like drinking a lemon chiffon pie a little bit, like down to mm -hmm. almost the consistency. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. No I don't know. Talking about. Yeah. It feels, this cocktail feels very Old Testament, very like first mm -hmm. draft, kind of like, eh, yeah, it's a cocktail. Oh, first draft? All right, I'm getting some undertones from that as well, Justin. <laughs> that's not specific to Judaism. <laughs> that's the Bible's, you know, 
the first draft for all the religions. Keep uh, keep digging the hole. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, this drink is very interesting. If you do want to make it, it's uh, gin, lemon juice, uh, egg white, uh, and uh, wait, what was the other? Olive oil. Oh, simple syrup. Olive oil. And olive oil. Yes, uh, olive oil is the important sorry. part as well. So I, as we, as Alex said, I'm upstairs in my home. My kids are um, in the other room, and I, one of them is screaming, I did poopies. So I'll be right back. Uh, <laughs> Great. In the meantime, I think we're going to bring in our guest, if that's okay right, with right. you. That's a, this is the intro he asked for. BRB. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this is going so well. Uh, we're going to bring in our guest today, Mark Wade, a very talented, very prolific writer, and now the publisher over at Humanoids. There is a new book called The History of Science Fiction uh, that is coming out. Mark, so good to see you. Thanks for coming on the show. Welcome back. My pleasure, gentlemen. Mark Wade's in the house, and you know what that means. Turn off the comments. <laughs> oh, okay. We can't do it. We can't do it. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, also apologies. Justin had to run away. He had a uh, emergency, oh, as you may have I heard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's not... I'm that was one of his kids talking and not... I, I, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. Uh, we're a very professional show and we're very locked up in everything that we do. But very excited to have you here to talk about this project, which is really cool. Um, I looked through this book earlier today. It is... Exactly what the title says. It's very dense. It's a complete, or as complete as you can be up to a certain time period, history of science fiction, but the twist, very appropriate to the show, is it's in comic book graphic novel form. Um, when did you come onto this project? Was it, uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was published internationally, and then this is a translation, or am I No, that's correct. Yeah, it was okay. published by our, I mean, Humanoids has the American Art Office. We also have the... Uh, the French office. So the French office had published it some time ago. I saw the galleys. I fell in love with this thing before you could read a, a single word and knew this was something. And so we had it translated and I'm like, okay, well now, yeah, for sure. This is, this is absolutely worth doing over here. So, you know, there were some adjustments to be made, some, some swap outs to be done. It was a lot of, actually a lot of production work on our end for a finished book, but the end result, I think is just incredible. Well, so Given that this was published in another country, obviously science fiction is universal in terms of the world, though there are differences when you go to country to country. Were there any things that had to be tweaked or changed at all when you're bringing it over for an American audience? Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, the biggest one was we lost a few pages that were specifically to the the French audience and French science mm -hmm. fiction. Uh, but in doing it's just a couple, but in doing so, we added a few pages that are specific to American science fiction, just to just to localize a little bit more specifically. I think the material about gender politics and in science fiction and women in science fiction, I think was beefed up. The other big thing we had to do, and all credit to uh, to our editors and to our production people, is that if you notice going through the thing, there are I mean dozens of sidebars. Right? If you like this, you will also like these five things. Well. All of those five things, all you know, and all, and all their instances were in French, and they were of a lot of them were of French material. So mm. I don't see much point in handing you a sidebar and saying, you know, if you love this, <laughs> go read this book in French. Yeah. So we had to look for either translations, substitutions, new images for you know for films that are American, but they were using the French posters, things like that. So there was a lot of legwork to be done there, but again, in the end, totally worth it. Well, I love the idea of how the information is rolled out as well. I don't know if you can necessarily get into spoilers for the book, but um, it's presented, it's sort of framed up as uh, several famous science fiction robots are trying to find out about the history of science fiction. And so they end up exploring it with the writers themselves. Um, was there was there a particular section or writer, given your lengthy experience with the forum, that you were particularly drawn to or excited to find out more information about? There were, there's that section that is the five-way conversation between the Asimov, Silverberg, Heinlein. I forget who else is in that mix. Uh, and again, these are, you know, presupposed conversations uh, that are, you know, fictional conversations, but they're rooted in fact and they're rooted in history and so forth. Each of these writers talking to each other about their various works and about each other's work, which I thought was a masterstroke because not only does it use the form well of, of comics, but... Also, it, it, it's a way of looking at the history of science fiction and the stories through the eyes of the creators who, who made the stuff, which I thought, again, an inspired choice on the writer's part. Hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, I feel like there have been so many um, histories uh, brought to uh, the comic book medium. Why do you think that works so well? It feels like a very, like something that's really happening right now. Well, I tell you, it's the marriage of pictures and words that's so unique to comics, the way we use the form, I think does a really good job of, of teaching. If you took this book, right, the, the one that you have in your hand, the high history of science fiction, and, and just publish it as a manuscript, it would be insanely dense. I don't, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be quite as entertaining, I don't think, because it would feel more like homework. And that is not a slight mm-hmm. on the writers. I'm just saying that's, that is the, the choice that they made, the choice that he made, the choice that, you know, artist Jibril Morissette fam did to, to bring the visual to it. I think. Why are you so down on homework, though, I guess is my big question. Everyone loves homework. So I think that, and that's the thing about this book is that it doesn't, it, there's so much information in here. And yet I generally, it doesn't feel like homework to, to pick this up. You're not going to be able to read it in one evening. You're not going to be able to blow through it, but it's a, you know, it's a good, like all day sucker. This thing is going to last you for a while. Uh, you were talking earlier about the coordination between humanoids on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean. Um, what is that like? How do you work with the company on both sides and uh, trade this information and trade these properties back and forth? Well, thank you, Zoom. That's, that's step one. <laughs> uh, but mostly it's just it's keeping lines of communication open, knowing at all times what their new projects are, what our new projects are. We will take projects on sometimes because we think that they're, we can – do enough with them in, in the English language version to sustain. But there's sometimes some come across the, our desk that are great, but borderline in terms of what we think we could sell. But if we can move them also in France, that helps, you know, with the budgets and so forth. And they do the same with, with their material as well. So we're constantly sharing with each other, which, you know, the other's office, what material is coming in, what we're looking at publishing. And, you know, I mean, the, the, sometimes the decisions are also made, look, this thing is on the edge and it won't do well in in mm-hmm. the european market so we can't publish it or vice versa you know this thing is on the edge it'll do well in europe but not necessarily in the states those are those are much rarer instances but we again we keep those lines of communication open so it's a whole bbc bbc america type situation yeah exactly so. yes okay oh yeah put it in terms we can really understand uh, me <laughs> personally i guess um, what, what's the big difference between European comics and American comics? I, I feel like I always am like, oh, I want to go read some French comics. And yeah. I'm like, where do I find them? How do I get into that world? There is. I'm still trying to figure it out to some degree. <laughs> there, <laughs> there, I, I always think I know exactly because a lot of it is like looking at our. I'm going to get to your question in a second, but I just want to take a sidebar yeah. that, you know, a lot of it is looking at pitches that come into us and trying to evaluate before we even show it to the Paris office, is this something that would do well overseas? And I've developed an eye for it with the help of Fabrice Geiger, who is the owner and has been the owner in a, and head honcho forever. Um, still developing an eye, but I'm still not quite there. There is, it, it tends to be a little more expanded. It tends to be uh, very art centric, not that the stories aren't good, but the, the mm. emphasis really is on, the art and the fact that the artist working can sometimes take, you know, you know, they'll do a page a week, maybe, you know, and that's that wow. for them, that is a rapid pace. And <laughs> yeah, they're working a little oh, bit bigger because it's in that bond, bond destination format, which means it's more like the, you know, well, to use the American author re- reference to black label books that DC are doing the, the bigger volumes. Right. But still it's, it's just a, a slower pace there. They put more into the, the art, especially the coloring and that I think that really is the fundamental difference. Hmm. You love worn... that European lifestyle. That's <laughs> well, also, I mean, also add that, you know, you know, genres is everything, too. I mean, here you can hardly sell anything that's not superheroes and overseas. You can't you can sell everything but superheroes. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. So let's take a big step back. How did you get involved in humanoids? Because you've worn so many different hats in the industry. You've done so many different things, but how specifically did they draw you in or how did you end up getting hooked up with the company? The hat wearing is kind of what led me here. I said, mm-hmm. we, they were looking at launching uh, a line of periodicals a couple of three years ago, three, four years ago. Um, and they needed someone with the experience to help them craft. I said, I said what I, I pitched myself as, 
somebody who could who knows what a first issue is, who knows how to sell a first issue and get the readers intrigued and then do it from an American and I can be the representative of the American audience. And that made this that made me attractive to them. I started consulting on other books, other things. You know, the periodical stuff went away, but we've been publishing more and more original graphic novels. And uh, one day that just turned into, you know, by now you're kind of doing most of the stuff a publisher would do anyway. So let's just make it official. Hmm. Well, it's funny that you say that because this, this is, seems like such a kind of love letter uh, to science fiction, to stories and talk about a great way of like getting people excited. Like the characters chosen, this was such a cool project that it feels like it does, like you're saying, have your fingerprints all over it. So I, I was immediately sucked in. Uh, this was such a cool story. So congratulations. This is really awesome. Thanks. It, honestly, if I get hit by a bus then tomorrow, then I, I'm okay with this being the crown jewel of my tenure here so far. Wow. <laughs> wow. Why is I that specific? I don't know why I always go there, but I go there. <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, that said, though, why specifically this book? I know we've talked about it, but what was so special about this for you personally? It is it's it's a field that I love. If it had been the, if it had been the same exact book, but it had been the history of, of botany, I don't think I'd be on the podcast right now raving about it. Uh, it's we about do a, a separate I, botany podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Would, it's it's actually be great on it. Yeah. Subject that I love. And it's it's just the way it's presented. I find so engaging it's not like there's not plenty of places on the web or in libraries to find out more about this part of science fiction or that part of science fiction, but it's not something I, I, I gravitate toward, but you put it in front of me like this. It, and again, it's not just the conversation between the imagined conversation between the science, the science fiction authors. It's also, you know, a lot of, there's sections that are just illustrated text. Here's a, you know, here's an example of what Cornwainer bird look like. And here's his, his, or whatever here's a sidebar on this character on this on this writer on that writer and also the fact that it's very up to date i mean we carry it right up to i like saying from from uh you know mary shelley to rebecca roanhorse just like all the way up and we wanted to make sure it was contemporary and, and uh you know well contemporary as you know as we, as we got to the publishing finish line do you think if if this is a success, do you think it's the sort of thing that you might revisit every couple of years to update it? It's conceivable. I mean, I would certainly be open to it if the if the author and the artist were into it, because, again, they did such a great job. And I can't imagine anybody else. I wouldn't want anybody else to come muck around with it because it's so <laughs> of them. But I think so. I do not think I've been asked this. I don't I don't think there's room in my heart for like a second volume. Because I think that this is, so, I mean, again, it's not like, it's not like you can't, it's like you're going to learn everything there is about science fiction in this one volume, but this is such a comprehensive look that I, like, I look at this and I, and I, I picked it up when I picked it up, I thought, oh, this is like a main course. And I, and when I was done reading it, I'm like, no, this is an appetizer because all of this is, if you like, you know, here's a, here's a writer that you might like and here, go off here, go off here, go off here. Oh, that's cool. You, this is a much broader question, but you were, I think, one of the big pioneers with interactivity in comic books. And it's not that this project is the opposite, but it's definitely like you were talking about. It's a big meal of a book that you want to sit down and spend your time with and look through the pages. Do you think the comic book industry is at that place now where it's going to continue to innovate in terms of interactivity? Or is it more about these experiences that really go back to the roots of the graphic novel? I don't know. If you'd asked me a few years ago, I would have said, yeah, we're, we're still pushing innovative technology for interact mm -hmm. interaction, but I don't know that we are. I mean, I, and that's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but if you look at the biggest, what's the biggest success story in comics the last couple of years, webtoons, mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. nothing interactive about that other than I do this. <laughs> uh, and you know, what we tried to do say with thrill bent when it was a little more interactive and a little, you know, not motion comics, but something where there was a little more, we were using the medium of the web to tell these stories. Um, that was a noble experiment that just didn't seem to go anywhere because we couldn't find enough people who were interested in that form of storytelling as we adapted it. So I would love to see more innovation. I just honestly don't know what that looks like at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are looking, we've talked about this a lot on the show, but just the whole Substack experiment, which 
has panned out, I think, in different ways, depending on how you look at it. But that seems like something potentially where there might be a place for. Have you looked into that at all, either for yourself or humanoids? I poked around about it. Yeah, a little bit. You know, and it's I mean, for me personally, I understand all the virtue to it. But the moment you tell me I have to write like three newsletters a week, I just I think <laughs> oh, I've got and I, I, I just freeze up. Um, I, you know, you get out of it what you put into it. Uh, and for humanoids, I mean, it, nothing like that makes any sense right now. But what you're talking about, though, is, as I understood your question originally, it was more about the medium itself. And mm -hmm. now we're kind of drifting into innovations in distribution. Mm -hmm. And there's tons and tons of, of progress to be made there, as we've seen with Substack with, and you know, I've been a big, a big advocate for direct to consumer for a long, long time, sure. yeah. out, which is yeah. strange for a guy who works at companies who are the middleman. But I, I don't, I think that connecting and if the music industry has taught us nothing, it's connect, if it's connecting the artist directly to the audience mm -hmm. and that's how everybody makes their money. That is a proven formula at this point. As uh, this is also specifically for you, but just in terms of creating content, do you feel like you're at the point right now where you're concentrating more on being the publisher at Humanoids or do you, do you want to get back to the daily grind of writing comics at any point? The, I don't, I don't mind getting back to the grind. The daily grind is, is a little scary, uh, but <laughs> a bit honestly, you know, with the change in regime at DC, you know, I, I, they knocked down my door. Like the day the regime change happened, I got four phone calls, which was very flattering and very nice. So I'm able to do whatever That's I want awesome. to over there. So I'll be doing, you know, a couple of things over there, uh, still spending a lot of time with humanoids because that is, you know, that's my day job. And I, I take mm -hmm. it very seriously, but, and, and also I'm doing some writing for humanoids on graphic novels that because their artists take, you know, a, a week to a page, you'll see some time after I'm dead. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I keep my, I keep my finger in it. Yeah. Uh, I also on the business side of things, there was the big announcement recently that Taika Waititi is going to be doing the Incal. Yeah. Uh, how are you involved in that at all? Or is that a different division of the company? I, it's, I mean, the thing is the company at this point, the American company is like 10 people. So, okay. so we're all right. We're all doing everybody else's not like no, we're all covering for everybody else like back and forth and stuff we're all working as a team so to that extent i you know i'm involved i met him uh a couple of weeks ago and we had a very brief conversation about thor which i found uh, interesting um cool and uh you know i i think he's the right guy for this job he's bang on the right guy for this job this is you know this is a movie that's been trying to be made for 20 years and yeah. i think i think he can absolutely capture the spirit of it yeah it was Great. when i heard that announcement i couldn't believe that it was actually going to be a movie because i remember being obsessed with those books and then thinking back to them i'm like i don't know how you yeah do that yeah. i don't screen. either but if anybody does i'm hoping it's taika <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what other projects are coming out from Humanides that you're excited about or people should be checking out other than the history of science fiction? Sure. That's a big one. The other, like we have a couple of big ticket items for the holidays. I mean, one of them is we we are doing Deconstructing the Jodoverse, which is a big two-volume hardcover up, upscale project that is really nice looking and is really sort of encompasses all of his workouts, you know, all of that meta Baron's work outside of the Incal, because we did deconstruct an Incal last year. Uh, that's one thing. I mean, we've got what's coming up in the, in the, in the, in the fall. I mean, we've got a book that I believe in. I don't, it's not going to have a huge audience, but it's really important. It's a book called Van Nath, and it is uh, a biography of uh, Van Nath, who was, one of the victims of the Khmer Rouge purges and was taken into mm -hmm. the prison camps of Khmer Rouge and was forced to paint for them and, you know, paint portraits of the Khmer Rouge leaders, wow. you know, or else, you know, out you go. And it was, a, it's a really strong, important story. I really like that thing a lot. Wow. wow. That's, that's, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty big umbrella here at, at Humanoids. Cause it's yeah, the science, it's the science fiction <laughs> stuff. Suffer in the faces. You know, it's the Incal, Metabaron, science fiction stuff, but we also are doing, you know, the, uh, we're also doing the life drawn line, which is the, again, 
that stuff, the, you know, Louisa then and now of a couple of years ago, which is still one of the best things we ever published books that are grounded in the real world, autobiographical, biographical. We just did one on the bell on Bella Lugosi. That was a biography of him, a graphic novel biography that has done really well. And it's really good. Um, mm -hmm. There's another project that we're doing that I really like. Uh, uh, it's by Ibrahim Mustafa, who did the count for, who did a book called Count for us earlier this year. And it's called retroactive. And it is a science fiction story with a bit of a time travel twist, but that's not really the main focus of it. Uh, he's writing, drawing. He did a great job with Count. He, he outdid himself with Retroactive. I mean, it's, it's terrific. Cool. I mean, like you said, it's just funny to hear you talk about the stuff. Like you said, you're going to be doing stuff for DC. You just did a Fantastic Four story as well. But there must be something nice and refreshing about spending the bulk of your day not on superheroes, not on these massive universes. It really is. I mean, I you know, I love me some superheroes. They pay the bills over the years. I you know, no, but, yeah. but I've always loved whether it's with Empire, with Potter's Field, or whatever, just monkeying around in other genres to show I can do Archie. You know, to show I can do it. Yeah. And so it's nice to be able to be in a place where. Uh, that is, you know, that's a that's something that we can do with with some measure of success in a world where Marvel and DC couldn't be able to, to wouldn't be able to match that kind of success because that's not what they do. Right. Awesome. Uh, Mark, this is great. I love the book. Very excited to check out all the stuff from Human Yeah, that's Thank you out. so much. Congratulations on everything. And it was uh, a good pleasure. chatting. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Have Take a good care. night. Great. Right. Thank you, Mark. Bruce Wayne may appear to be a wealthy playboy, but beneath this facade, his true identity is that of the Batman, waging an endless war against crime. Join the Cape Crusader and Batman The Audio Adventures, the first scripted audio original featuring Batman and his villainous rogues gallery in a world premiere story of life and death in Gotham City, debuting exclusively on HBO Max. Starring Jeffrey Wright as Batman and a who's who of incredible Saturday Night Live alums, this rollicking adventure told across 10 episodes is written and directed by Emmy winner Dennis McNicholas, includes devilishly delightful original music by Doug Bossie, and performances by Rosario Dawson, John Leguizamo, Chris Parnell, Melissa Villasenor, Seth Meyers, Jason Sudeikis, Brooke Shields, Fred Armisen, and many, many more. Go to hbomax.com slash Batman Audio Adventures for more and stream Batman the Audio Adventures only on HBO Max. All right, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, Justin, I cut you off. No, uh, Mark Wade, everybody, publisher of Humanoids, History of Science Fiction, is absolutely amazing. And like we were talking about, completely massive, something you're going to respond to spend a lot of time with. Uh, and also, like awesome. we were talking about, very engaging as a graphic novel, which I was very pleased and happy about. So definitely yeah. check that out. Great book. And and folks, we're going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. Yeah. And for audience questions, this is pretty straightforward. You got this. All you got to do is drop a question over in the YouTube comments or an ask a question over here on Crowdcast, and we'll get to them. But first, other than the olive oil gin sour. What How is it going, Alex? How is yeah, the what? salad dressing going? Is oh, it... it's great. I haven't. I actually switched over to bullet bourbon is what I'm drinking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, the original. No, listen, here's the. It's also started to separate a little bit, which uh, not. I don't know. Sorry, uh, Alex, what day in Hanukkah did, did, did everyone switch to bourbon? I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know the story. Third night. Third night. Their night. Yeah. Night. Night. They they Nuts lit bourbon. the menorah on the first night and they were so surprised it was still on the third night they were like, Break out the bullet bourbon, man. Bourbon let's barbecue, let's have a, a hayride. Is that what I don't know? Bacon cheeseburgers, all of that stuff. Oh, all the yeah. good stuff. What are you drinking, Justin? I'm drinking a Pilsner from Three's Brewing named Vlight. Whoa. Vlight. The Vlight, Vlight. is blue. And yes. then eventually I'm gonna switch over to the original beverage. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> These are both blue oh. for Hanukkah. Thank you so much. Really I'm here it. to support the blue of blue. <laughs> uh, Pete, what about you? Oh, I'm drinking a little bit of the old white lightning. You know what I mean? Uh, um, what I was visiting be? my uh, I hope family it's water. Down, down in Baltimore. My brother uh, was like, hey, uh, this guy dropped off a bunch of white lightning. You want any? And I was like, uh, sure. Yeah. Why not? 
All right, you gotta just explain White, what that White, is. White Lightning was your nickname in high school, right? Uh no, no, I appreciate that, but uh, you know, it's uh, you uh, mean moonshine, moonshine, moonshine. Yeah, the old bathtub gin, the old uh, you know, I could uh, start a start a real fire with this thing here. I could uh, breathe fire. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough, but uh, what's you the know, flavor? It's, um. Burning Sterno, I guess, is the <laughs> you know, there was a bunch of raspberries in there, but they all turned white, so yes, uh, yeah, yeah, just you know, good stuff. My favorite moonshine people add a infusion of raspberries, <laughs> got some high end hicks you're talking to me. Oh, now, man. I should mention before we get into the questions here. If you are listening to this later as a podcast, leave us a question in the iTunes comments, and we'll answer it live here on the show. Also, if you want to request a book for us to review over on the stack, please do that as well. We did skip a week, but we got a request to review Saga of the Swamp Thing Volume 2, so we're going to do that on this week's stack. But if you have a book, preferably not third volume of Swamp Thing just yet. Uh, because yeah, we're looking to shake it up. So <laughs> yeah, let's you know. do maybe Man-Thing. Mm-hmm. No. something like think? that but leave it in the comments leave us uh, yeah. itunes comments specifically uh request something there and we will review it over on the stack we really appreciate that we got a bunch of questions that are already popping up here so why don't we go one over on youtube this is from joe benton what's one of your favorite oh, most underrated or underappreciated comic book characters ever wow underrated, underrated underappreciated mm. um, i mean the first answer is a hot topic on this podcast but i would say cyclops has really oh, fallen out of favor he's fallen out of favor to the point where he he now he's like a non-factor in the x-men books and finally i just think i, I just think like there's a lot going on there he was this one of the center focus characters of the x-men for so long and now everyone's like get him out of here not interested I, I want to see him back. He 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 he's a good character. No, let's just enjoy this downswing for a little bit before you do something crazy like get him back. I I disagree. Um, I think we've had too much for so long, so it's nice to kind of. Uh, uh, yeah, I just Sorry. I, is this name of this segment audience questions hosts refute each other's answers yeah or, yeah uh, Pete, what's look? your pick what's your favorite most I'm, under i'm looking over at my uh my kind list of, of comic of, book characters yeah, my, my wall <laughs> comics to kind of get uh to see who's underrated but um i don't know it's, maybe it's, some of the characters who was the characters i'll throw it like out overrated uh i'll throw it out uh was it lila is the name of johnny's scroll girlfriend from like the wow. Wow. I believe it's Lida. Lida? Is it? Really? I don't know. Whatever it was. I always liked her. I thought she didn't she didn't get a fair shake. She had that mm, old that trouble with a... like pretending to be Alicia that she turned out to be a scrawl, and then Johnny was like, Ugh, I feel kind of uncomfortable about this, and then she felt uncomfortable. I always thought there was some good that's romantic a... turmoil going on there. That's a deep cut. I mean, I, I, the only thing I come up with is uh, concrete to me when I read it was like, wh- why isn't more people talking about this amazing book? And uh, that's the only thing I can think of that doesn't get enough credit. It's Lija. Not- Lija. Oh. There we go. Very close. We were all very close. Uh, why don't we move over to Layla Miller from X Factor? Anybody with that same sort of name, like in yeah. that area? I'm very. Uh, Lay Lady Lay, the Bob Dylan song, very underappreciated. <laughs> um, another good answer from Nat Towson in here um, Daredevil's love interest, Kirsten the DA. Um, yeah. Yeah. Remember her? <laughs> they nah. truly bounced her because uh, I, I agree. Good, uh, good this is from Stray Bullet. Since we're in the season of traditions, what are some of your comic reading traditions? For example, I used to take every Wednesday off for new releases, pick up my stack, grab a drink and sit on my patio, play some music and read comics. Now I pour a cup wow. of coffee and sit in five, 45 minutes of wonderful silence while I read before I go to work. What are some habits you have that enhances your comic reading? That would be I amazing. love Stray Bullet. I love Stray Bullet. I know. He has that European lifestyle we were talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what a dream. Olive oil cocktails and Wednesdays uh, with comics. Yeah. I mean, 
for me, it's um, it's just the 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 poll list, and I my favorite thing is to kind of put the order of what I'm going to read, and uh, every you know just kind of organizing it where I give myself little treats for making it through certain comics that Alex makes us read. Uh, but I just think it's one of those things where it's like, uh, it's like he's saying those those moments where you're alone and you you really kind of can just get into the magic that is comic books and taken away to this kind of uh, this place where you're just kind of like this kid with the flashlight underneath the blanket, you know, where you're mm-hmm. just really enjoying uh, the world that it's taking you to. I, I where on Tuesdays when we um, I do a panic read all the comics we're talking about on the stack. <laughs> uh, it's really, yeah, I was about really to say relaxing. Monday night uh, reading comics until my eyeballs feel like they're going to fall out. That's my tradition. Yeah. Uh, I did used list to have like 10 DC picks this week. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. I can't uh, believe Pete's forcing us to do this. Yeah. I mean, I used to have a nice tradition of getting a meatball sub at Subway and reading yeah. comics, but that was just. Well, I'm glad we saved you from that. We added yeah. a couple of years to your life, buddy. Yeah. Um, all right. This is from over on Disgusting. YouTube from Nelson Martinez. Do you guys ever fall into the Black Friday trap? If so, what things have you bought or regretted buying over the years? Ooh. Great question. And I don't really participate too much in Black Friday, but I will say this year I saw that they were uh I have a Nintendo Switch that I don't play as much as I'd like. Oh. And they the Castlevania uh like a pack the Activision had released was on sale for like fifteen bucks. I was like, Cyber Monday that shit, and I got I took it home. Ooh, nice, nice. congratulations. The only What's time this? I ever use Black Friday is to buy presents for the kids. That's pretty much it. Just kind of like, oh, looking. what a hero. I talk about <laughs> buying a video game for myself, and you're like, I'm fucking Santa Claus at home. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Gonna... I meant the poor kids in the neighborhood who can't afford oh. gifts for themselves. Go ahead. What the fuck? Wow. Um, uh, the only time I – my brother uses it at, as revenge. Um, if, uh, because I'm usually visiting him in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, you're hepped holiday. up on some of that white lightning. You fall yeah. asleep the night before, wake up in the middle of a fucking Walmart. Well, that's the thing. Opening he, was like, he makes us go to these goddamn nightmare places. Like we went to Best Buy at like four in the morning oh. one time. <laughs> Why? You don't what? need to go in person. You can get everything online. Why? Oh, thanks, TV? Elves. Yeah. I agree with that, um, but for some reason we had to be in store, and it was an absolute nightmare. And my brother loved every minute of it. So I don't know, oh, man. God. To each their own. This is from Edward Doherty over on Crowdcast. What are your favorite lesser-known works by Mark Wade? Mine is Empire, an awesome series about what happens when the villain wins. Agreed. Oh, that one's great. That one is great. Uh, I mean, to Mark me- Wade has written everything. He so has. My, my favorite is uh, he his Daredevil stuff was really amazing. Um, that uh, just uh, some really cool uh, storylines. It is the first thing that kind of jumps out to me. I mean, also on the Empire bent, I always felt like it was, was they're different stories, but of a piece with Irredeemable, which was very dark Superman take. And that mm. was very good as well. Justin, you got one? Uh, yes. Um, I'm going to say, I mean, he mentioned, um, his Archie work. I really liked, he kicked, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess maybe that's not super lesser known, but he, didn't he kick off the, the new mm-hmm. run of the Archie, uh, world? Um, that was great. Also, I'm going to throw out his Aquaman run. I really, uh, really liked. Nice. Yeah. This is from Pablo D. Martinez. So what do you drink while reading your favorite comics? Well, it depends, you know, it, uh, you know, as Justin says, if you're trying to slam a bunch of, you know, there's nothing better than a four loco or a Mountain Dew combination. Ugh. You know what I mean? Just to like kind of really power through your sack. You know, I, I, I like to have a couple of olive oil gin sours and just really. Wow. Them down. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm more of a coffee. I like a comic mm. and a coffee. Mm. I did. Uh, so I've occasionally been taking Tuesdays off because I forgot to take all of my personal days for the year until now. So, uh, yeah, reading like, not, not to blow up my own spot, but reading Sag of the Swamp thing this morning over just uh, a cup of coffee and just sitting there and reading it was very nice. Wow. It was a good time. It must be nice being you. 
I mean, taking days off, you know. Yes, I took the days that I'm allowed at my job and left to the end of the year because I hadn't taken a day off the previous couple of months, Pete. I'm sorry that I can't go away with my teenage girlfriend every other weekend. Jesus Christ. Teenage? (laughs) What the fuck kind of shit is that? (laughs) Kevin says, which comic book character would you most be able to dress like? (laughs) Which comic book character would you most be able to dress like on a day-to-day basis? Great question, Kevin. Great question. Moon Knight. Galactus. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got that hat. <laughs> I have a. Co- I've, I'm always like, which Galactus hat? You should better I wear? fucking apologize but... <laughs> right now because what you said was fucking wrong, man. I'm sorry. I apologize, Pete. I take it back. There's no uh, illegal activity happening. I here. take it back. You haven't been away every other weekend. It's been it's less frequently point. than that. But I'll tell you what. Hard. I don't know. I think it's Alex who's drinking the White Lightning tonight. Because <laughs> there's a crackling energy. I'm definitely, I'm definitely riding the White Lightning is what's going on right now. I'm <laughs> exactly getting a little right. too close to the, uh, the sun, so to speak. Oh, my God. Um, well, I would say... Uh, Oh, just dress like his character is to. Oh shit! Did I freeze? Yeah, you <laughs> freezed it right. Yeah. Froze right in the middle there. Um, man, I don't know. I feel like you could probably dress like Wolverine, right? And that would be okay. Like not his costume, but leather jacket, no shirt, leather pants. Yeah, no shirt, cigar, mm-hmm. pants. Yep, pants. <laughs> Pete, who would you dress like? I don't know what the fucking question was. <laughs> Which comic book character would you be able to dress like on a day-to-day basis? I don't, I don't know. Some nerdy guy runs a comic book shop, maybe. <laughs> Foggy Nelson. Yeah, thank you, Nat. There, well, there here's another go. question from Nat. What are the must-have books for the past year or so that are out in trade now? Things that you would buy for people who like comics but do not keep up. That's a great question, Nat. And I was actually thinking earlier today that we wanted to kick off our best of the year stuff uh, pretty soon because we're getting into the last month of the year here. So I'm going to hold off on answering that question, I think, because we wow. haven't really discussed this. <laughs> Nat says, thank you, Alex, and nothing after that, which is very nice. No problem, Nat. Uh I uh, I think maybe we'll put it out to people, same as we did last year. That was a lot of fun, and we got some great suggestions from you guys. We came up with some lists of our own. Um, so uh, maybe beyond doing the best comics of the year, maybe we could do best trades of the year as well, so yeah. we can go back and read collections of stuff. A little holiday shopping list for uh, mm-hmm. people trying to um, get someone in their life in the comic book realm. What do you think about that, Pete? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of great stuff. It's it's always hard to uh, recommend things for people because we don't know what they're into. But uh, yeah, there was a ton of great stuff. Like something that ki- is killing the children was really great. Uh, just yeah. there's there's been some really amazing kind of stuff coming out this year. So I'll be excited yeah, to talk is, more about it. This isn't a trade yet, so I'm definitely um, avoiding the question. But um, there's a book by Scott Young called "The Me You Love in the Dark." Mm-hmm. Um, that wraps up tomorrow and man i really like that book um and it's a great like sort of very spare story for someone that isn't super familiar with comics to really dive into absolutely uh but yeah we'll loop back to that and do some of that stuff because that sounds like fun uh and we got one last one this is again from pablo here the hype for no way home is nuts will you see it or not Pete, you're going to go see uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, yeah, I'll see it eventually, yeah, sure. Are you going to go see it in theaters, though? I mean, that's the plan. Opening weekend? Yeah. I hope so. We'll see if we're all alive. Oh, yeah, that part yeah. of things. <laughs> what about I you, think Justin? Yes. I'm going to go see it in theaters, and I, will, I do have a confession. I only very recently watched... Far From Home, (laughs) Spider-Man Far From Home. So um, uh, who knows where it'll end up. But um, I have a feeling that the Omicron variant is not going to be as devastating as it seems to be right now. 
and that it will be a pretty feasible to go to the movie theater in a couple, All right. in a couple weeks. Yeah, the thing that's been that was holding me up a little bit. Also, that's my daughter's birthday weekend, so we kind of have to figure out her plans before I start being like, I can't come to your birthday because I'm going to see a new Spider-Man movie. But once Mark. we figure that all out, uh, my plan currently is to see it because at this point. I'm triple vaccinated. My wife's going to be triple vaccinated by that point. My kids are now or will be fully vaccinated by that point. So I'm feeling a lot safer about more regularly going to the movie theater, which will be great. Right in time for Spidey to watch one of three possible Spider-Men die. That'll be fun. And folks, that is it for your audience questions. <laughs> now we're going to move into our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. Page. It's the part we give back to the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics. And uh, we do have somebody... Yeah, I'm going to invite uh, him into the stream right now. Right, His name is Joe Benton. He's going right. to be hey, with us today. Joe! Joe was asking a question earlier, so this is uh, Big Joe Benton. Joe's a full-service audience member. He contributes yeah, right. in everything. All right! Hey! hey. Welcome to Joe. Joe, sir. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for doing trivia. I am going to turn show. you over to the welcoming hands of Pete LePage right now. All right, great. The star of trivia. trivia. All right, let's, uh, yep, okay, great. Today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Art Lafleur. R.I.P. So please listen to all three options before making your selection. Joe, here we go. What is the upcoming graphic novel about desserts called? Is it A, yummy? B, here, eat this, you could learn something. Or is it C, Tawanda underdo so it's either a if you would like 25 dollars, or you could pick b or c hmm tough i'm gonna go with a yeah that's right don't overthink it yummy uh nice, graphic great. novel about the history of desserts i can't wait to read it and then eat the whole thing all right here <laughs> we go question two who is writing a story for their character in the upcoming 100-page anniversary comic, Gotham City Villains? Is it A, Greg Pak, B, Danny DeVito, or is it C, Gene Hackman? So it's either A, Don't Pick It, or it's B, Danny DeVito. Oh, God. that You make it so tough, Pete. I, uh, I'm going to go with B, man. B, correct. Wow. Very excited. For those Danny of you, for those of you just listening, Joe is really going through it, grabbing the sides of his head in a full freakout mode <laughs> at this moment. So uh, Pablo points out in the comments, by the way, Gene Hackman isn't he retired? Not from comic book writing. That's right. Uh, but I'm also very excited that they're going to give Danny DeVito a chance to write the Penguin. That should be crazy. Uh, here we go. Last one. What kid version? is coming to murder Earth in Avengers number 50. Is it A, Loki, B, Thanos, or C, John Madden? So it's either A, Loki, or it's B, Thanos. B, Thanos. Yeah, yeah. Joe nice. Well done, John $25. Amazing. Congratulations. We're going to get you a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. Thank you for jumping in. Uh, Thanks, do guys. you have an answer, though? to what the secret movie starring Art Lefleur that Pete was referring to is. It, oh, yeah, I've, I've got an answer. It's definitely incorrect, uh, but but I'll throw one out there. I mean, sure. I'm thinking it's, um, you know, something uh, like an Ingmar Bergman film. Um, mm -hmm. Nice flex, nice flex. Yeah, way to flex on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I have no idea. I have no, I have no, okay. I have no clue well, whatsoever. Well, I'm talking about the 2000 hit the replacements. Oh, uh, really? Keanu uh, Reeves, man. Yeah, come on. An unbelievable rom-com and a sports yeah. movie. You got everything Classic. you want there. Classic shitty movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Don't tell Pete that, but appreciate your time, Joe. And we'll get that gift card to Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Have a great night. Yeah, yeah thanks, care, Joe. All right. John Madden there was a go. good clue for that, Pete. Yeah, that was a very good clue. I love one. And if you'd like to participate in trivia, I'm going to drop the link in the chats here. It'll also pop up on our Twitter feed at Comic Book Live. But in the meantime, comic books. 
They're always coming out and always new ones. What are you looking forward to, guys, that's coming out this week? Pete? Oh, man. Uh, Deadly Class number 49 uh, is bananas good. And so also good. Uh, this little book. Uh, we don't really talk about every issue that comes out, so I wanted to talk about it. Once in Future number 22 is just it's one of the greatest covers you'll ever see. Just really great. So, uh, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh, great grandma seen. action inside, right, Pete? Yeah. Always. <laughs> Justin, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Uh, well, I mentioned it earlier. The Me You Love in the Dark, number five, the final issue of the series comes out. Really enjoyed that book. Um, but there's a lot of, um, there's some great DC annuals coming out as well. Uh, that yeah, they have come out. of them. Uh, yeah, and I want to shout out um, the Nightwing annual. I feel like Nightwing is just, we're in a renaissance. Uh, we really are. In a Graysonaissance, if I may. <laughs> and I want you all to really enjoy it while we can. And let me finally shout out. It's a good time to be Justin. Um, let me also just shout out Human Target Number 2 by Tom King and mm-hmm. uh, Greg Smallwood. Whoo, this is a good looking book. Man, great, great issue. I'll shout out another DC book that's out today, Wonder Woman Historia, the Amazon's number one by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Phil Jimenez. They've been working on this for years, I think, at this point, and it's finally coming out. Since it's already out, I think I can say it's stunning, like ludicrously amazing to look at. The art is beyond anything that Phil Jimenez has ever done before, so I'm very excited to chat about it with you guys on the Stack Podcast, Yes, which rolls out in the Comic Book Club feed in its own dedicated Stack feed every Wednesday at 9 a.m. And folks, that is it for this week's show. We want to thank Mark Wade for coming on. Don't forget to check out Humanoids, The History of Science Fiction. It is a massive volume, but well worth picking up. Next week on the show, we're going to have Chrissy Newton and Marie Nicola from Alt Pop Repeat are going to be here, as well as John Lazar to talk about Odd Yarns. A couple of other things to plug. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, is rolling out Wednesdays with new episodes about Hawkeye, so check that out. Also, Riverdale After Dark, our Riverdale podcast, now up on Tuesdays, because that's when the show comes out. So check that out. If you want to support the show and all the shows we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. You can subscribe, listen, and follow on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. Don't forget to leave us a question or request in the iTunes reviews at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, comicbookclublive.com. For this podcast and many more, until next time, good night. Thanks, everybody. Sit on crappy couches and they let the secrets leak. And occasionally they let that special guest speak. So grab your grim hammer. therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too connect with a credentialed therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10 percent on your first month that's better help h-e-l-p